Thank you for joining us today. My name is Maccabee Griffin. And I'm Marcella. And this is Beyond the Pen, where we take the well-known adage, read between the lines to a whole new level and beyond. Each week we sit down with a new author to not only discuss one of their books, but also learn the story behind the story. All right, we're live. Hello, Marcella. Why do you always sound so creepy? Because I'm creepy. That's the reason why. <laughs> I was hoping for Halloween you'd be normal. When I'm, I'm never normal. You know this. I'm, I'm, yeah, except for sweet. maybe Halloween. Well, I'm you could be to like, everybody like the else. Leave it to Beaver Dad, you know, that would be cool. <laughs> Why did it have to be leave it a beaver? Really? Can it be like anybody else besides that? How about the, uh, you know, my three sons? My three sons. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, as long the as I'm not all of in... father, I'm dating us right now. Oh, Lord. As long as I'm not all in the family, we're okay. All right. But, anyways, really? Uh... <laughs> Oh, and yeah. the gears start going. Yeah, it's been a long weekend, <laughs> man. You know. <laughs> well, with you, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, you know, so, it takes a lot to maintain this and to be a witch. Uh, it takes a lot to maintain that hair, too. Um, <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason why I have the beard, and she has the long hair. There's an absolute reason. We just haven't <laughs> figured it out yet. Um, so today's guest, we're actually having two guests today, Yippee. a brother and a sister. <laughs> yeah, I know. We get a two for today. Um, so that we're means getting... it should be twice as short, half as long. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Yeah. You, 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 okay. Anyways. So. And I haven't had any coffee. You haven't had <laughs> coffee yet? At all. Sweet mother God. All right, well, I got, I'll okay. drink it for both of us. How's that? Okay, gotcha. All right, so anyway, Mac, why do you talk so much? <laughs> All right, we're already starting with this. Okay, anyways, so here's my question to you. How much do you know? Well, I shouldn't say how much. Do you love true crime? No. No? You don't like any detectives or anything like that? The whodunits? No. Well, you're not going to like today, then, because we that's our guest. They wrote a book that's a detective book. They wrote a, a book. Now, I'm probably going to kill this, but I'm going to try. Uh, Sister oh, Marjorie. Oh, Mac, you have a copy, and I don't? You know I always get the first copy, and then you have to plug in at the end, always that's, begging that's a load of to be like me. Bullshit. It's bullshit. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sister Marjorie, a Tommy Keene novel. Mm -hmm. It was written by Travis Myers and Natasha Myers. And I pray to God I'm saying her last name right. Uh, Guerra. Um, And she'll probably, she'll correct me on that. Anyways, these two are, they're just like us. Just a Only New actually York related? Oh. Yes, actually related. Yes, that's absolutely <laughs> what it is. What are you talking about? I am the New York version. Yeah, well, you're a lot more than just the New York version. Oh, There's a lot up. of other things that you're a part. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to bring him in before we take this on even further. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I bring on 
Travis Myers and his sister Natasha Myers Masaguera. Marsaguera. Marsaguera. See, I knew I was going to kill it. I knew I was going to just destroy it. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> it wouldn't be a first. Pete Massapequa. I'm like Marsaguera, not the same thing. <laughs> All right. Hey, as long as I didn't destroy it completely, we're okay. Mm -hmm. So. Thank you both for being on here. We really appreciate it. So I'm going to start with Natasha. Well, thanks for having because, us. You know, oh, of course. <laughs> so I'm going to start with Natasha just because ladies first and because it's her birthday while we're recording this. So we have to be nice to her. Okay. Oh, you don't. Be nice. <laughs> <Trust me. laughs> no, no, you don't. No, you don't. Anyways, Natasha, please introduce yourself. But most importantly, tell us something we can't find on the internet about you. Oh, like your social security <laughs> number. Exactly. <laughs> you find stuff on me on the internet. Um, See, okay, well, okay, before I, you start, before you start, Marcella, what do we say about creepiness? Okay, that's my thing. Stop taking my stuff. Okay. No, no. See, Max, I was born with it. You're just trying to emulate me. Natasha, please introduce yourself. Um, hi, I'm Natasha Kathleen Myers Marsagora. Um, what do I? What do you not know about me from the internet? I'm 54 today, but I suppose that's everybody can find that out. Uh, Mama too. Sister to Travis. Doggy mom. I don't. What's your favorite hobby? What's your favorite hobby? Reading. Is there a favorite author you like? Uh, Travis Myers and Natasha Myers Marsagora. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm glad you too. I'm glad you too. I did. <laughs> oh, I have a, a million, a million. It depends on my mood. Um, what do you read I, now? I read, well, right now I'm reading Empress of the Night, which is about Catherine the Great. Um, so, yeah. I see, love that's something we didn't know. See? Dennis Lehane is one of my favorite. I just finished a all of his. Um, I'm gonna forget there. Patrick Kenzie. Kenzie. I don't know if I'm Kenzie. saying his last name right. Um, he had a um, detective kind of series um, about him and his girlfriend or wife and and friend. So I just finished that one. Stephen King. I like if I'm in the weird in the mood for, you know, something a little off and odd and weird and. Um, and then I can go back to Maeve Binchy uh, and read about just normal Irish people. <laughs> so, you know, I'm very eclectic in my reading. I like true crime, especially. I like thrillers. Um, but I will go and read some, um, you know, just simple, happy stories. So There you go. See, yeah. that was something we didn't know about you. Okay. What about you, Travis? Introduce yourself and tell us something that we can't find on the Internet about you. What you can't find, you probably won't find much about on the internet about me because I'm a fairly non-social media guy. <laughs> yes, correct. I'm not on social media uh, myself. Um, but Travis Myers, that's me. Uh, you know, retired police detective, as you know, um, lifelong New York City guy. But uh, we moved out of there, geez, I don't know, 15, no, more than that, over 20 years ago. Um and, uh, you know, I own a couple of restaurants, um, bars. That's what I do now. Uh, and write books with my sister. And I have four dogs, four Boston Terriers. So, what is. I it? heard the accent. Well, yeah, of course. You're I have a question. From there. I have a question I want to start off. 
why did you write a book with your sister? What made you guys get together and say, hey, let's do this? You want us to answer it, Tosh? You want me to? Um, I Well, we can both answer it. I okay. will start. And the reason we're together is Travis is has um, dyslexia. So he's the one that has the great stories. This is all, you know, from his mind. However, as you may have noticed on our YouTube videos, we talk about it a lot. And um, there, when it comes to me, it's about like a 200 page sentence. Um, so I read, I write already, um, and he has all the stories. And I think we complement each other. And so it was kind of a, he came to me and said, hey, I've got these ideas. And I've got these stories, you know, do you want to write together? Um, and I think we've become a good partnership in terms of what he comes with and then what I come with. And so we kind of combine that together. Yeah, that's about it. Like, you know, it was one of those things as far as writing. I mean, I have a fairly nervous personality anyway. I always want to, I'm always up to something. I want to do something new, something different. And it was one of those things where, you know, your whole life, uh, I like to talk. I get to talk and you get me going. I'll, I'll tell stories forever. And people always do that in the bar, at the club, at a party. You got to write a book. You got to write a book. You got to write a book. And then, you know, after, you know, 50 something years of hearing this, I thought, well, maybe I'll write a book because everybody thinks I have a book in them. Right. So uh, but rather than writing some sort of um, well, first, let me back up a little bit. I got with Natasha. I gave her a call. I said, what do you think, Tosh? Would you like to do something with me? And I think it took her all of about five seconds to say, absolutely, let's do it, you know, and here we are. Um, but when we when we kind of discussed a little bit at first, you know, are you going to do like a memoir of your life, you know, and, and tell stories from the police department? And we both agreed that it was probably better, more interesting, more fun if we did a detective series that was fictional that tied in all kinds of true crime stories and it allowed, it gave the detective so much more freedom of what he could do, you know, and, and it just seemed like a smarter approach to me. Um, and yes, it's true, you know, for my poor sister here, I write, I, I'll send her a 200 page sentence that she has to sort through and say, no, 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 you can't do this. You can't do this. This should be in the front. This should be in the back. She rearranges it. She fixes all my grammar and, and spelling and punctuation, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, she crafts it into a book. I just tell a, a nutty story and she fixes it. So I, did I answer your question? Yeah, I think you answered her question. <laughs> I got a question for you. Why is it that there's that maybe it's just a thing that I, I've noticed that why does it always seem like when policemen retire or policemen retire, they always either start a bar or a <laughs> restaurant every time? Well, much, much like yourself. Now, you, you're, you're an ex-soldier, all right? So leaving the Army, how much of that could you really use in real life? Not a lot. Yeah, yeah, the police right. department, you know, you're kind of stuck with, with, without an education, you know? So what I mean that, what I mean by that, I don't want to insult all the police officers out there, but what are you going to do? You're going to be a private eye. You're going to go into security, you know? Or you're going to do something that you probably spent half your life doing, which is watching over a bar, you know, you got the experience. So go ahead and do it. Cause let's face it. We spent a lot of time in bars. That's true. That's very true. I will give you that. Okay. That makes sense now. Thank you. At least I get it from the horse's mouth instead of yeah. trying to figure it out myself. So let's get into the book because 
This is an amazing book. Now, I, I know, you know, some people think they're like, Mac, you say that about everybody. Yeah, there's a reason why I say it about everybody that I have on the show is because they're really good books and I'm very picky. So anyways, this I want to talk about the the prologue first, because there's a lot of little subtle things about the overall feel of the narrative just in that alone that you guys have set up. And I want to talk about two people most specifically, Leon Little mm-hmm. and Mr. Melendez, because they are complete contrast with one another. One is 36 years old, been in and out of rehab and jail for 25 years. And then the other is, you know, this gentleman that is all community based, just wants to live his life, take care of the people and just, you know, the stand up citizen. Yes. With that being in the air right now, that was one of the real subtle things that I started to notice between the way that you both wrote as well as one of the way that you guys spoke in terms of showing, not telling. And I wanted to talk with those two because you guys are really hitting the community uh, feel of the Bronx with just showing those two alone. What was it about these two in terms of the contrast that you really wanted to set the tone for? Hmm. I, don't, I don't know for myself. I don't know if that was it was so much intentionally attempting to set a tone. I'm, I'm glad I did. I'm glad we struck a chord with you. But again, it's it's very much real life. You had, you know, the, the, the one man. Um, you know, I don't want to give away too much of the book either. I don't know where I want to go with that. But the one man who is a, you know, a very hardworking, decent man, you know, loves his family, wants to do the right thing. And, you know, the other one who sadly has been, you know, nothing but a, a chosen to be a miscreant and a degenerate his entire life. Um, and yet, because the way New York City is, and I'm sure it's the same in Indianapolis, you know, we all live, can live on the same block, in the same building, you know, in the same community. And, uh, you know, sadly for these two gentlemen, this is where their, cro- their paths crossed, you know, in a very negative way. Granted, they may have known each other, you know, for years. All right. But on this day, their paths crossed in a, in a negative manner. So, um, so yeah, I, I, it wasn't, it was, I guess, maybe what you're getting at, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, a lot of times when people say, you know, the Bronx, or you mentioned any sort of bad neighborhood, you know, people immediately want to think bad people. Well, that's not the case. Everybody is everywhere. In fact, personally, I believe, and this is after, you know, a lifetime of being a New York City street urchin and, you know, seeing the worst of the worst as a, a in the police department, 90% of the population is pretty decent people. It's the 10% that want to ruin it for everybody else. And here you had a very decent man, Mr. Melendez, and Leon Little, who is not such a decent guy, you know, uh, regardless of what brought him to that in his life, that's irrelevant once the once the situation occurs. Did I go? Did I say too much? Did, did you get what I was going for? I got what you exactly what you're saying. So what about you, Natasha? What was your thought process when you were writing this out, 
you know, Travis R got brought up the idea to you and gave you the, the outline of this basically when you were writing this out, what was your thoughts going through you when you were writing these two different uh, lives per se? Um, I would probably say in the, in the first, you know, I get it and I read it through before I start to write. Um, and I think, you know, I'm sheltered, I'm sheltered. I'm the baby, right? I, well, I'm not sheltered really anymore. I'm old now. Um, but I've always been, you know, I'm the baby. I'm the youngest. I, I hear funny stories, right? I've never really heard, um, ugly and, 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 like the true crime stories from my brothers, you know, we always get the funny ones or the, you know, whatever. Um, so I think my very first thought is, was a little bit of a slap in the face of, you know, the whole prologue and not just the two of them, but the whole prologue of knowing that these are true stories and they may not be verbatim true stories, but they're a combination of things. I think the very first reaction was like, like a kind of just a hit in the gut or a slap in the face of, you know, this is what they, they do. This is what they deal with. This is the things that they really seal see. And I think that was my first like gut, like, Oh my gosh. Um, reaction. Cause I really, you know, not to be, you know, um, um, what's the word, you know, naive person. I'm not, but you don't really get the, you know, specifics of and this was one of my brother's case uh, our other brother um so it that was my first real reaction of you know reading it for the first time writing it i think i try and follow um his thought process you know i kind of know where he's going and what he wants to say um you know and just kind of creating a little bit you know more depth so that the reader can understand and a little bit more um, adjectives, I guess, Strav, you know, kind of just creating so you can hopefully visualize, um, it. Um, and, but really, yeah, like I said, it's, it's more of a, sometimes it's a gut punch, you know, to me. Um, I love it. I enjoy it, but it's, you know, when I think too deeply about it, it is kind of hard to take. Cause you know, this is something that they, you know, it is a hard story. Crime is an ugly thing, um, but that they realize, you know, that they're living this. That's, I think, the, my first kind of reaction. That- yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. No, because I wanted to ask that question mainly because, one, it sets the tone for the entire narrative. Either, you know, just out there blunt, bluntly, excuse me, or just the subtleness of all the little, little backstories to every little character and how they interact and how they affect the community community all around. So the reason I want to, I don't want to interrupt. I'm sorry, but I think maybe part of what I did maybe want to intend with that. Again, I don't think when I, I, that I necessarily wrote it with intention, but the idea Mm -hmm. was to introduce a case, which, you know, is the reason that Tommy ends up being sent to another precinct. Right. But the case again that there isn't it's not a black and white situation there's a lot of gray in between so what transpires is awful as it starts and as god awful as it ends all right we can still say that um uh mr melendez is a decent fella yes absolutely 
and you feel that and since you feel it that that makes me happy that that you understand that and Mm -hmm. also that uh tommy and um his partner isaacs right were not you know the the old the the super typical you know tv cop uh, judge jury you know we hate these guys they're bad guys and bad is bad no matter what but now there's a whole lot of gray in between there you know in fact, really, there's nothing that's black and white. The, the hardest part in being a, a police officer detective is really more trying to figure out the truth. And that's yeah. where all the gray is, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Because you can see it just within the interactions that they have for him. When they're bringing Mr. Melendez into the precinct, doing all the paperwork, you already feel, because you're showing it to us in the words that you're using, you know, this guy's just... This is his bad day. This is his one really bad day that's changed his entire life and the life of his family, as well as his, you know, everybody else that's in within that building. Comparative, and he obviously feeling bad about it. But you know, with Leon, it was something totally different. It was I'm gonna shoot up. I'm gonna just enjoy this feeling, this numbness of the world against me. You know. 11 years old, his parents aren't there, or at least they're not there in the way they should be. And then, because I remember it saying that he was living with his aunt in the building with his little brother. So you know there's there's got to be some type of lack of parenting there, lack of parents in general. Correct. So there's got there's always those little behind-the-scenes architectural stories that set everything up. And that's another reason why I really wanted to bring this up is because it's already setting the tone for, you know, Mr. Uh, Tommy Keene and Samuel Isaac. You know, they're that close of retirement, you know, that close from retiring. And all of a sudden they do this kind of thing and another situation happens and we won't go in there because I there's too much in this. I want you guys to actually read and enjoy it like I did. Um, but it does have an effect later on on all of them, you know, and here's the other. I wanted to go into this next one because that brings up another way of of relationships and how it's affected not only the community, the relationship between the um, the police officers and the community, because now they're no longer in, in that community. anymore. They're not in that precinct anymore. And it's also had an effect on him mentally as well because i remember uh you started to you know i'm just going to read it specifically from the book um <laughs> because i think because it's really good wording that uh, that was presented here to me and it talks about how um la 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 oh there it is yeah um oh i had it and lost it oh here it is uh when he's talking about his love between, you know, his two loves, being a police officer and his actual wife, now his ex-wife. But it was the statement, the ghosts of victims past were constantly intruding and they never stopped coming. Now, when I read that, the first time I read that, I was like, this guy's got PTSD. There, There's the victims. There's yes. the, 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 the cases that he was not able to finish and to me that has an honestly has an impact on him 
right from the get-go. You know, 19 years, getting to that almost that 20 year, I'm done. And he's got all these ghosts. Like you, Travis, I'm presuming that there's a lot of ghosts that are still haunting you as well, as well oh, as any cool. other anybody else that's you know been in law enforcement, like me, been in the military. How close to this was truth to your life and to Tommy's? And Natasha, when you're seeing this and writing this, how much of it are you perceiving from Travis and his in your real life than to what you're thinking up that may sound good? Want to go first, Travis? Okay. Um, well, as far as the ghost thing, that's something, uh, uh, and it's a term that we use all the time in the police department, and it's something that you know every you know police officer, detective. Uh, especially active guys. And when I say act, active men and active women, guys who truly do the job, because there's a lot of people that take the job and do not do the job, you know? Um, and, and sadly, that's a fact. And that is in, in every every job in the world. The only thing is, is that when it comes to, you know, the police department, it's an incredibly serious job where you step in and out of people's lives every day. And if you don't take it seriously and do the right thing, it affects a lot of people, you know? And so we all have these ghosts, um, you know, cases that you couldn't help people that you couldn't help people that, you know, the, the memories that stick with you, you know, I mean, so many of us, of course, you know, an easy one to say is nine 11. Anybody that went to nine 11 is never going to forget that. That's something that's, that scars you. And to tell you the truth for myself, I don't think that I suffer from PS, uh, uh, PTSD. Um, my daughter, Mary Rose, of course, would argue that point. <laughs> All right. But, um, <laughs> What do you call it? Sure. You know, if I see something, especially around 9-11, which, you know, just passed or whatever, it always brings a tear to my eye. You know, I can't help it because there's things that just break your heart. There are certain individuals that, that you know, I mean, I dealt with 25, 30 years ago and I still, you know, on occasion they come to mind and I can't I can't wipe them from my memory. Um, that being said, I don't necessarily think that I suffer you know, from that. And a lot of times I actually think it makes me a, a more compassionate, empathetic human being, you know? Um, so yes, it's something that everybody has and everybody copes with differently, you know, and that's why, you know, in particular in the police department, but it happens in other professions too, very high divorce rate, you know, very high suicide rate, um, alcoholism through the roof, you know, because it's something that people have to deal with whatever it was that they had to deal with, you know, and quite often, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever had any of this, you know, a after your time and time of service, you know, the, the, the shrinks don't know what they're talking about because they can't get into their head, into your head. And I'm not trying to insult them either, you know, but I've seen psychiatrists time and time again. And half the time I'm thinking that I should be putting them on the couch and I should be listening. If that makes sense. <laughs> you know, no, nope, absolutely makes sense. Absolutely. On, makes on, sense. on my end, it was always just, you know, a, a silly exercise uh, in checking boxes as opposed to actually, you know, helping me at all. So, so again, yeah, Tosh, you want to chime in on that? Ooh, I forgot the question. I was just listening to you. <laughs> so really when you're that one little line about the ghost of the victims and dealing with the the um, past in general, mm -hmm. how much of that impact was more what you got from what Travis was giving you and what you've seen, or excuse me, what he gave you just to write about, and then what you've actually seen of him 
being his little sister? Oh, interesting question. Um, I think I see, well, you know, I obviously, in terms of the story, I take the story and I read it. And as I mentioned, you know, sometimes it, you know, it affects me, you know, of course, you know, reading it through and, and realizing that these are true stories, realizing also that all the stories in the prologues are always going to kind of give you a glimpse of Tommy, which is also a little bit of glimpse of Travis um, and, and kind of sets you up to realize, you know, fast forward, however many years that it still affects him. It still kind of snakes through him, those feelings and whatever the situation was that he, you know, dealt with. And then you can see it later on. So part of, in terms of the story is, you know, a, a trying to tell the prologue in a way and then link it to Tommy when he's affected later on. And what kind of person did he become? You know, whether, and again, in any sort of profession, you know, not necessarily the police department, but we're always, you know, having these experiences, having this thing, these things happen to us or we do and how it affects, it will stay. Certain things stay with you and create you to become the person you are later on. So in a story aspect, I think, um, you know, my role is to try and, you know, hopefully um, paint that picture and then bring that picture through to the person he is now. Did that answer the question? I yeah, ramble. absolutely. No, you're good. You're absolutely good. Because here's the thing. We really, this is why I love the the entire entirety of this show is because we want to see how much of the authors are the same as these characters. You know, Marcella always asks one of the biggest things, like what inspired you to do this? And you've already obviously answered that for us, but it's still the idea of, as an author, we put so much of us ourselves into these characters and into the stories that it is something that's very impactful. Um, and that's what makes a great story and a, and a great author. Do you guys ever have any creative differences as far as the stories? When he provides some information for you, do you ever look at it and say to him, you know, I'm not writing that? Or do you ever say, you know, I'm changing all of this around? Have you guys ever had any disagreements about that? Or disagreements in general? I don't know if disagreements so much is that she, um, she, Natasha, I'm sorry. My mother, my, it's not polite to say she to your ear. But anyway, um, Natasha fixes things for me. And for the most part, I go along with it. I mean, you know, so I, I guess not, not so much a disagreement, but um, I respect that she understands enough about the writing process and the reading and how it should read that um, in the second book in particular, I know we changed some things around where we actually moved a portion of the story to the front that was more towards the middle just because it would read better. Basically, it's the same story, but... It, it wouldn't read the same to you because you have no idea what I'm talking about. You know, I know what I'm saying, so it makes sense to me. But Natasha will say, you know what? The reader is not going to get it. So so reverse this or change this to make it work better. I don't think so much as far as content. I don't know. What do you think, Tosh? Have we ever disagreed? I don't think what? we've ever disagreed. And I kind of see where you're coming at in terms of um, – you know, some of the language, some of the the actual, you know, some of it can be harsh. 
Um, I think in terms of, I really, to be honest, I don't touch the, the dialogue that much. I mean, I obviously will make it if it's completely just not, doesn't make sense. Um, but I want the dialogue because you know what? That's true dialogue. This is how they speak. This is the, the mean things or the maybe not so nice, the ugly, the it's just, it's so true. Um, that I really try not to change the dialogue. Now, other parts of the story, absolutely, I might, that that doesn't sound right, this has no description at all, you need to kind of feel it. Um, but truly, I don't think we argue, we make changes on both, you know, he changes what I do, I change what he does. Um, I think when you're talking about, uh, it's probably the dialogue, like sometimes it can be, there's words that are used. Um, we've had some people talk about triggers. We've had some people talk about, you know, certain dialogue and, you know, my, my, it's not a comeback, but you know, my answer is, you know, we talk about crime all the time, Trav, right? It's, it's ugly. It's, it's heart wrenching. It breaks you sometimes, but you can't take away from that. Like that's, we're writing about yeah, this. We're, and, we're trying to make it real. It's real. It's fiction, and the dialogue is real. And and I think that's why I really don't touch it. And it can be, it can be harsh. It can be, you know, words that people don't want to hear, um, attitudes that people don't want to understand. Um, but it, it, we're talking about real crime and real life and things that they're really, you know, um, dealing with. And so I try to make, not make it fluffy, not make it like, oh, that's a better way to say it. Something that you didn't have in the first book, um, Maccabee, that uh, I know it was funny for me writing it. And I'm so, and by no means am I a shy guy. I will say whatever's on my mind. I don't care. I'll write whatever's on my mind. But in the second book and the third book, all right, there are sex scenes. Okay. So now yeah. I got to write this. And I'm like, wait a second. How do I write this? You know, you don't want to be pornographic. You know, but if you want to be sexy. So I actually, uh, after writing, I immediately sent it to Natasha for approval to see, well, what do you think? Can I write like this? Is, is this going to, you know, because all of a sudden I'm feeling like I'm a, a dirty old man writing a sex scene, <laughs> you know? It's and then not only did Natasha, you know, for your sister to read, no less. I know, really, right? Well, Absolutely. I had to give it to my wife and make sure she gave me the thumbs up. I actually sent it to the editor before she even got the book to edit. She also took a look at it. And once all three of them said it was okay, then I was, oh, great. And then the same time, the second time around, when I had to have the second sex scene in the second book, I had to do it again because, well, geez, you know, I don't want to. It's not that I'm afraid of being offensive. I don't want to be gross. You know, I mean, and it, and it was it was a very strange thing for me because, you know, I don't mind. Like I say, uh, I can have a very foul mouth. I'll say whatever's on my mind. But again, as I don't want to to I didn't want to come off creepy, you know, to to Miss Marcella here when she cracks open the book, you know, so. and a book I don't have yet, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you'll get to that again, okay? The first one. It's funny funny because he he was, oh my God, I wrote this and what do you think? And and I've read Haunt, I mean, even like J.D. Robb, I don't know if you've ever read um, Nora Roberts has a has a detective. It's a futuristic one. Oh my gosh, you know, and she's like, you know, Nora Roberts, you know, writes 
a million bucks and million sellers. And I was like, Jeff, you're nowhere near. Like, trust me. <laughs> you're just not spicy <laughs> enough, Travis. You're not spicy. Yeah. You're you just what, creepy. When it came to the sex, though, too, one of one of our biggest fans was my mother-in-law, Rosemary. Oh, man. And, uh, and you know, rest her soul. Sadly, she, she passed not too long ago. Um, but she had come to me and because I had asked her, you know, well, what do you think? You know, she says, and, and at the time she was probably, I don't know, 78, 79 years old. She says, if a book doesn't have sex, it's not a book. <laughs> that was her answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love the elderly so much. Oh, she was a very, very no. she was very blunt. Yes. She told you what she thought for sure. Yes. <laughs> this is straight up Marcella already. She's yeah. gonna be that. I that knew mother. you were gonna, She's gonna say be that, that grandmother. I'm already that grandmother. <laughs> I was about to say you, you're already a grandmother. You're already getting to that age, so you know. Look, my kids hate me that. now, so. <laughs> Anyways, but I'm just gonna be blunt, and I'm already kind of getting to that. I have no patience for that, and I want to be just blunt and say what I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh man, there's so many things on that. Just on that alone, I was about to say, he's like, yeah, he's fine with being gross. It's the creepy part that he's worried about. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what got me. I was like, I'm not worried about gross. I'm just okay. Got it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want the gross. I would want the creepy. I would want the creepy. I would, <laughs> want the creepy. I would be well, creepy. That's just because that's your mindset, you anyway. Like a, ugh, you made like you're creepy, like a. What, what was it that what was it that Danielle said when she was writing her uh, when her she was writing her books? Uh, she had to write. A, it was another author that we had that we interviewed, and she was writing the sex scene for her book. And she's like, "Oh my god, my dad is going to read this. What is he going to act like?" And obviously, you just said it, it was like, eh, "If it doesn't have sex in it, it's not a good book." Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> which which brings me and I love this. I'm glad that you did this. It brings me to Mama. It brings me to to Tommy's mother, yes. because ah. when I saw this, when I well in my head I saw this. To me, she's like very close to that Sophia from the Golden Girls type of mindset. <laughs> just I, I don't. Want, it's I the it's that. the but mainly from oh what was it was um. Stop or my mom will shoot with Sylvester Stallone. I never saw it. No. Oh my gosh, that is a. It was a, such a horrible movie, but it had the same young lady uh, that played Sophia in that. I can never remember her name for myself. Anyways, Estelle Getty. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but with her, you introduce something that many people really don't look at as you know the mother of our hero and everything of that nature you brought in dementia and just a little repeating of the name within yeah. the sentences and i thought that was something that was very interesting because again there's not a lot of people that will even do that unless it has impacted their life in some way shape or form so for me, I have to ask, why bring up dementia? Why give her that, well, sadly, that specific characteristic? Sadly, our mother uh, suffers from Alzheimer's. Um, our mother's still alive. She lives with me now. And uh, she's in the other room if you want me to bring her in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sadly, she's, she's 
she had um it's it's getting worse now but at the time of the beginning of this she was just starting to get and and forgive you know my vernacular she was just starting to turn kind of crazy and become nutty much like maria keen is you know maria keen is completely functional she's just becoming strange and that's where mm-hmm. my mother was when we started this book and because uh everything i do i basically i plagiarize real life somehow you know it was it was something that i could write about comfortably because i'm living it mm-hmm. if that makes sense how comfortable were you with this natasha um you know i think at the time it was okay um i think like travis said it was you know up until i mean she was living with you know she comes and visits me um well had in the past it's probably last the last time we had i had her for like uh about six months Trav. she was yeah. in california and you know it's probably that was probably the last time she's gonna come out yeah. here um in the beginning you know we all it's we're a laughing family i think we laugh at pretty much anything right i mean That's everything about, is, yeah, yeah. We don't we're not a fighting family. We're pretty much, we laugh. And we much prefer to laugh than to cry. Yes, so. exactly. Um, you know, and she, she was, you know, it, 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 but it, and it was at that level that it was still funny. And it, to be honest, I mean, this is going to sound awful, right? So Travis understands, but it, sometimes we can still find funniness even now. Um, and that I think keeps us kind of sane. Um, yes. You know, when we talk about her, it's, it, it's a hard, awful awful thing. And I know a lot of people that have gone through it. We're going through it. Um, it's sad and it's a challenge and it's, you know, but you, we kind of want to, you know, keep our sanity and laugh about it at the time. You know, there's things that Maria Keen does, um, that is, that is exactly our mom. Exactly. Um, and so, and then I remember when she read the first, remember when she read it, she was like, laugh. Yes. Why'd you make me so crazy? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man. That, that's, so they that's pretty a much just answered one of my questions. You know, I, yeah. I always ask if any characters in the book were um uh based on someone, but deeply based on someone that you know or love. Um, the detective. Now you said the mom. Um, anyone else that or or individuals that you've had encounters with that you Actually, decided to write about. Just to say, kind of like what I just said about how, you know, I all I really do is plagiarize real life. Almost every character, okay, is stolen from real life. I, I like to say that they're composite characters. So what I'll do is is I'll take, you know, a, a little piece of Maccabee, a little piece of Marcella, and a little piece of Natasha, and I'll put them all into the same person because, you know, there's certain things about everybody's personality that that shine, even if they're bad, you know, they really stand out in that person. And um, even terribly boring people have interesting points, you know? And if you can take one or two of them, you can create an interesting character out of that. So yeah, uh, to answer your question, um, pretty, I could find truth in just about everybody that we write about somewhere along. And some sometimes it's it's scary close to individuals that I know. I just kind of changed the name and that was it, you know? Um, and much like the stories, the stories are all built up of uh, uh, many, many stories that are put together, twisted, lied, changed, however you want to say, but it's a composite of several things. Like the, we just talked about a little bit about the prologue. There are like three, there's lots of little little things that are real, but there's like three main stories 
that three true stories that make up that prologue. Um, and so, yes, to answer your question, I hope I answered your question. Yes. Uh, there it's all, everybody's stolen from somebody else. And, and you know, that's, that, that's pretty much like any author, any good author, I should say, is that you have to plagiarize something out of real life to make it yeah. feel realistic. Well, what, something that, that, you know, I, uh, Luckily, I'm happy to say, you know, our books have turned out to be very popular and people like them very much because we didn't have a clue what we were doing when we started out doing this. You know, we're both we're both <laughs> uneducated people. And we said, hey, let's try it. Yeah. For a goof. Really, it was, you know, for a goof. We're just going to try this, you know, and and it took off. Um, and what was the point that I was going to make about that, though? I'm sorry about the uh, I, I went off on a tangent. There. Well, the pl- the plagi- plagiarizing of real life of real life is uh, damn it. I got lost. I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't worry. You're good. You're good. Uh, I was going to ask a couple more other questions, but you know what? I think you've pretty much answered all of my questions and then so. I got it. What I wanted to say (laughs) about that, I'm sorry, is that, you know, when people say, oh, it seems so real and and granted I am stealing it, you know, but um, yes, I absolutely am stealing it. I'm stealing it because these are great characters. These are great people. There are things about them, like I like, I like to say, that shine, you know, mm. that, that you really pick up on. And uh, so absolutely, yes, it, it is all stolen. It is all plagiarized. So, what, yeah, again, that's what makes a great author. That's what makes a great story is that when you're taking little bits and pieces from everybody, even if it's a stranger that was going right past you and they say something in a certain way, like, I like that accent or like that one line. It's just stuck in my head and I'm going to do that. But anyways, we've come to the time where we, I've started to call it, I should say, is uh, Marcella's inspirational corner uh, where she really dives into uh, some of the other major things that we want to personalize with our authors. And again, she'll, we'll figure out the name and everything. Don't give me that look, but Marcella, if you'd please. Well, I did have a question before I start that. Um, So I'm not really into true crime. I'm not going to lie. I even hate Stephen King for now writing crime novels. And he's going to see this one day and he's going to say, I'm not going to interview with that woman. But anyway, (laughs) um, I did, however, when I was a little girl, read a lot of Mickey Spillane. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, because he just... You know, just like many others, like like James Bond and uh, Sherlock Holmes, you've got this continuation of characters' life. What is next for you guys, or how long are you going to keep this going? Good question. Trav? Me? Okay. I, I feel like I've been too, doing too much talking. Uh, but, uh, well, we, we have, um, for Tommy Keene, as far as being a New York City police detective, probably about well the fourth one is coming out we're hoping we're hoping like in march all right and then we have like um what do you call it six more planned after that so it'll be like a 10 book series then if we and we also have one hopefully coming out this year which is going to be a what we've dubbed a king's world novel so it's going to be a side character that has his own book all right and somebody that's only mentioned what what you love that I hope you do. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a, a strange departure for us. Um, but it's somebody that's only mentioned in the second book who will end up having his entire an entire story told about him. 
because he is, again, somebody that I'm stealing from real life. And I just want to tell this fellow story, you know, because I think he's a very interesting man. But after that, you know, will he become a private detective? Maybe. The cool thing about being a private detective, we've had this question before, is that now he can go anywhere and do anything. He's not chained to New York City and to the precinct. I want to travel. You know? Yeah, yeah, she wants to travel. So, <laughs> so that, that that is a possibility. And of course, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, is it going to remain popular? Are people going to keep wanting to read them? I mean, we, we want to write them. If you want to read them, we'll write them. That's that's my attitude. So, yeah, I think the the Tommy Keen world novels. As much as I love Tommy, um, he's my favorite Tommy now. Um, out of all the the characters, Tommy Sh- Thomas Shelby was my favorite Tommy until we Tommy Keen came. So, um, but I like the Tommy Keen world. I mean, we have so many little, the, the first one that Travis mentioned, um, we're actually, you know, actually working on, um, and that's a complete departure. It's even a departure in terms of the style of book. That's a completely different style. Completely different. Um, but we also have been talking about and started, um, you know, the apartment building, you know, ideas of people that he meets in the precinct and, and kind of going on where Tommy's just maybe a mention. Um, but I, I'm excited about that because that really opens up and it's not all Tommy, 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 who we love. Right. But you kind of get to how many stories can he do? How many times can yes. you know, um, he win? And sometimes he doesn't win. And, you know, but and that's life, too. But I think that the ideas that have bounced from this or, you know, came out of this story um we're excited about kind of branching off and and giving you a different different, a book. different flavors well, yeah some extra flavors so here's a question for the two of you all right to string it back at you because something that we've started just kind of barely started but it is in the works is a couple of books of short stories all right is that something that that appeals to the two of you or not so much so it's so strange that you say that because I've written a book and still in the works. And one day I said, you know what? I really need to explain this character. So I've got an entire book of character bios that have become short stories connected to side characters in the book. So I love that idea. Oh, okay. Well, that's exactly what we're, what, what the idea is, is to carry this, this kind of like Tommy Keen thread, but remove Tommy Keen. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense to you, because I mean, really, he he is the glue that brings all these interesting characters in, you mm-hmm. know, and once he becomes strong, we might not need him as much. And therefore, you know, the, the side characters can kind of run around on their own. So mm-hmm. that's the idea. Matt, did you want to answer that before I go to my. I, I was pr- about to say the same thing. I Like like her, I've got tons I got like 254 of them right now, I think. Oh, wow. just, yeah, I've got a, there's a lot of, a lot of things up here that no one needs to see right now. Um, but yeah, I've got plenty of backstories for plenty of different characters of wide variety of thing of uh, worlds within my worlds that I've created and they have their own entire books series that they probably could have alone. So, yeah, I, I think that's one of the great things that uh, we're starting to notice a lot more in the publishing world is a lot of these short stories that are just one story of a specific character. So even if it's like, a, you know, a Tommy Keen world uh, short story book, I'm telling you right now, everybody's going to go out and get them. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Marcella? Got one in the works. <laughs> All right. So, we got something so to look forward to. I've got two questions, and we used to call us the rapid fire round because it doesn't take a lot of thought, and uh-huh. and I don't like to. I'm neurodivergent. I don't like to spend a lot of time on anything. So, uh, first question is, what is your writing kryptonite? My writing kryptonite. Tonight. What is your writing uh, kryptonite? Which what is your writing weakness? Like oh, yeah. Superman. Hmm. They have to know what Superman is. They have to know. Hey, you know what? I've had it plenty of times where I've thought it that, that was right. Yeah, we had a couple. We had a couple, but they were younger than us, Mac. So yeah, we're we're older. My my my, my kryptonite. I guess things that I have a hard time with. All right. Uh sans the sex, because we got over that. All right. Was um you know what? If, if anything, I w- I might say it may be um it may simply be my lack of education and actually doing the physical writing. Okay. Simply because I can have the stories, you know, and I can tell a story, but when I write it, it's how I tell it. So it really doesn't read that well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And after that, it would have to be being in the right frame of mind and being left alone because any distraction will break my train of thought. And then I'm done. I, I mean, I could have the, I could have this most beautiful thing in my head and, you know, the phone rings, the dog barks, my wife asks me a question, bang, it's gone, you know? So I really have to be left alone when I'm doing it. So uh, uh, if that's what you were after, that's my kryptonite. And Natasha? Time. I just time. think it's time. Um, you know, we, this isn't, you know, our full-time job, unfortunately. I'd love to be a full-time job, but I have a full-time job and I have a house and I have a dog as he's whining at the door and I have children and I have a husband and I have to cook and I have to do that, you know? And so I find my little- He's a very, very good cook. Oh, we lost you, Tosh. Oh no, she's gone. And I was worried that it was going to happen to me. (laughs) (laughs) It happens. It's it's super windy outside. Okay, Um, I'm going to ask you, um, Travis, because uh, just for, in the interest of time, my children won't leave me alone either, even though I'm podcasting. Um, is there an inspirational... I got it, Mac. Thanks. Is there an inspirational quote that keeps you going? Something that you look to or you read and you say, okay, you know what? This is what's going to get me to continue what I'm doing. Uh, never quit. And that's not much of a quote, all right? But I actually have it tattooed on my body. Never quit. All right. Because um, that's it. So many of us, you know, and we're all guilty of it. You know, we give up on whatever our, the project is, the dream is, the idea is, you know, if you, if you're tenacious and you stick with it, you know, granted, you know, we're, we're not all particularly talented people, you know, but man, try. If you don't try, you're never going to get, you know. And if you put your mind to it, I really do believe you can do anything. We, we, we say in the army, Maccabee, you remember, remember that, you know, uh, I can't means I won't. Yep. No? And just never quit. If you got, if you got something that you want to do, get it done. You know? So. Yep. Absolutely. So Travis, I, I obviously we had technical difficulty. Yeah, with uh, sorry, Natasha. But- that's fine. Things happen. Technology happens sometimes. She'll probably pop back on here before you get off here. If she does. We'll, we'll bring her in anyways. Thank you for being on here. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys for, for having us. We love this stuff. Hey, no worries. So 
tell us where people can find you. This is the this is the time where we do the shameless plugs. If you've got some any events coming up, please, the floor is yours. Um, well, as far as our books, Amazon, of course, you know, we're all over Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, any you know bookstore, any bookstore can have us and carry us. So if you don't see us on the shelf, you know, please ask because we're there. All right. Um, and, uh, you know, for myself, I don't do social media. Um, my sister does. You can find her on Instagram, Facebook, things like that. Um, Bully Press, that's our publishing company. You can find them, you know, both on on, on all that kind of stuff, um, especially the Instagram. I know they're big on that. Uh, I don't know. Is that did I answer your question? Yes. Right. That's fine. Yeah. If you guys have any events coming up that people could be uh, finding you and. Nothing cool right now until like next year we're going to Crime Con in Florida, all right, which is a big crime thing. Um, and we have a booth there. Um, but other than that, nothing yet, but that doesn't mean that's not gonna change very soon. So hey, we appreciate it. For us with all of this, we you know, we kicked it all off right at the beginning of Corona, which I don't know if that was actually a good or a bad thing because um it stopped everything. It stopped the tours that we had planned to put a, a kibosh on everything, but it did it to everybody that was bigger than us too. So that actually, because we continued to write and continue to, to, to have stuff put out during that time when everybody mm-hmm. else was shut down, it may have helped us a little bit in, in that we weren't buried over everybody that was big, bigger than us. So we, we might've got noticed a little bit more. I don't know, but that's just a, a, a theory I have. So, you know what, that's, that's the best way to look at it too sometimes. So yeah. Travis, thank you very much for being on here. Natasha again. Thank you for being on here. We appreciate it. What do you think, Marcella? They're nice. <laughs> I hate when you do this. I, do. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I hate when I don't get a book to touch and to uh, oh, channel the Lord. author. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I'll try to make sure from now on. From you now get, on. From now on, I will make sure you get a book. Fabulous. Okay. Yep. But again, what do you think about them just based off of what you've heard so far? Well, they're Besides, great. they're nice. They are. They're nice. They're great. I mean, um, I like the idea of having a brother-sister duo to write a book. You know, I'm writing with one of mine. And uh, yeah. And uh, not just you. I know, I know. <laughs> but no, I, I like that. I like the collab. And and I like the fact that um, she's helping him with his uh, dy- dyslexia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, it takes a lot of dedication and love to do that for someone that you, you're related to, for one, someone that you, you care about. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. Same here, you know. Uh, for someone who actually read the book, um, it... <laughs> Anyways, for someone who's really that loves true crime, that loves the old detective uh, ideas and murder mysteries, stuff like that, the whodunits, mm-hmm. um, I really liked it. I it, it reads well. It's it's not overdeveloped. It's not underdeveloped uh, in any way, shape, or form. There's a lot of great things about it. Um, you know, even the idea of taking someone from a different race that may not really be uh, the idea of going into uh, an Irish pub 
uh, normally. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, oh, this is this tells me a lot of, about the diversity of the neighborhoods and everything of that nature. Um, but for me, so honestly, it's set I, in the Bronx. It is set in the Bronx. You know, I yes. grew up in the Bronx. I know. I know. You probably know the place, too. Uh, if he's going off a reality of this one. Yeah. Um, I'll have to find out. Yeah. So for me, honestly, I really like the book. I think a lot of people are going to really like it as well. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here, for watching our shenanigans, as well as the shenanigans of Travis Myers and his sister, Natasha Myers. Uh, I'm not even going to try to say last <laughs> night. I'm going to kill it. Anyways. <laughs> Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. We love you. And as I always say, keep writing, keep inspiring, and keep sharing as you go beyond the pain. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's video on demand and live stream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.